You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson with NM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah at gmail.com. And, of course, I will answer as many as I can. And you can go to our webpage at letstalktorah.net. Letstalktorah.net. You can go to the archives. You can search for shows. You can listen to the new shows. You can send in questions, send in comments, and, of course, that all-important donate button. You can help the show continue to thrive. And we can spread the word. We can take care of our expenses here. And it would really be quite amazing and quite appreciated if you could hit that donate button, pick any of the levels or whatever number works for you. And if you'd like a shout out, we can do that. If you'd like to keep it anonymous, we can do that as well. The world is just a crazy place. I could be talking about today, and I could be talking about in the times of Noah, which is our Torah portion this week. But first, we'll talk about what's happening in the world today. And of course, a lot of things we'll have to point out to current events because you can't ignore it. The world is crazy. Israel is, you know, massing those troops, dealing with, with Gaza, dealing with Hamas, dealing with misinformation. As uh, one of my cousins in Israel said, better not to read the news because it's all misinformation anyways. And uh, to a certain extent, you wait an hour and you find out that, uh, that what even politicians in America want to say is going on. And they find out uh, that they got it wrong. It's crazy. It's just, it's just crazy. Um, and I don't even want to get into it, right? I'm sure everybody's seen it, so let's forget about that. But one of the things I th- I, that we need to focus, I was in a friend's office. This guy is raising millions for Israel. I'm speaking to friends yesterday who were raising a lot of money. What can we do? Here we are. If you're in Israel, of course you know what you can do. But we're, 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 we're thousands of miles away. What can we do? Reading the news is not helping anybody in Israel. It just lets us know what's going on in current events. First, you could pray. God likes prayer. Got to pray. Got to pray. Little time here, little time there. Think about it. Say some psalms. I give time in my class that we say psalms verse by verse out loud. We can give charity. Charity is always important. Certainly, uh, with all the different needs that are going on there, I actually sat down with a friend today, and I needed him to just explain to me, you know, how it's working, where the money is going, why, why we should be doing it, and you know, now is not the time to go through all the details. But he he really had a lot of good information, just to explain, like so about the Federation in Detroit, where they basically adopted eighty-eight families, elderly, they can't care for themselves. So they need housing, and they need food, and they need therapy, and they need medicine. So they have, there's already people there in place. They've moved them into the middle of the country. They're taking care of them. Right? That's charity that's going to a, a real need. I'm not saying they're giving them bullets. Right? They're just taking care of people that are suffering right now. 
And the other thing we can do is something that's happened recently in the news, and this I love. I don't know if most of us can do this, but uh, when donors of universities or companies that hire from universities, uh, when they say, we like the names of those students that are protesting Israel, and all of a sudden all those students say, oh, no, 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 I can't give you my name, no, no. I, it was, it's a mistake that my name's on that list. I'm not really protesting, right? In other words, I believe in free speech. Everyone is entitled to say whatever they want, and they can't be arrested, they can't be thrown in jail, but there's allowed to be consequences. You, you can't have free speech and then expect everyone to automatically be your best friend. You're entitled to voice your opinion. And you have an opinion, so voice it. Put your name behind it. Don't be a coward. Otherwise, your, your opinion is meaningless. But if you have an opinion, put your name there. Voice your opinion. But if there's consequences in who's willing to hire you or if the school wants you there or if you're saying things that the school doesn't believe in, they're also entitled to say that. You don't get to say whatever you want, but but no one could do anything. No one could touch you. No one could say, well, we don't like your opinion. I don't have to like your opinion. You're allowed to have an opinion. I cannot beat you up because of your opinion. But I don't have to hire you in my company. I don't have to buy your product. Right? That that I think people need to recognize that your 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 speech is powerful. Words are powerful. And they come with consequences. You can hurt somebody with your speech. So then someone has a right to say, I don't like what you're saying, and therefore, ABC. That's my personal thought. But there was another time, probably a lot of times, where the world was going crazy. The world actually wasn't going crazy. Actually, the world thought life was amazing. During the time of Noah, uh, to a certain extent, life was great. Weather was beautiful. Nice weather. No rain, food, everybody was healthy, strong. Um, they had other issues, and we're going to talk about some of them. But let's first, let's first dive in to who is Noah. So the first thing is the verse tells me Noah was a righteous man. Noah was a tzaddik. He was righteous. Now, it is true that the verse continues in his generation, so we're going to try to get back to that later. Um, would he have been a righteous person nowadays? Probably, because we're in a crazy world again. But we'll, we'll discuss. But the fa- first things first, the Torah says he was righteous. What was going on? So the world was perfect. And you know, in that way, it's, it's like our world also. All these college protests and woke and who knows what, any word they want to use, all the craziness that seems to be out there, you know, I don't know if it existed 100 years ago, 150 years ago, 200 years ago. You know why? Because life wasn't so good. We weren't so wealthy. We couldn't, our children couldn't uh, afford whatever they wanted. Right? It was, you were working. You had to survive. But now, which is, you know, there's a lot of benefits to it. Right? Now the parents are wealthy, send their kids to college, and the, the children have no concern for anything for the most part because they have all their needs taken care of. So now the kid sits there and says, so 
so what am I good for? So w- where will I make my impact on the world? So they get into what they think is social justice, and they come up with crazy things, but, but why not? They got to do something, right? Because they have everything they need. They, it's almost like they feel guilty that they have so much wealth that they have to go ahead and, and find a cause to stand up for. Do they understand the cause? Probably not. Do they understand? I mean, they may think they understand. They probably heard a couple good speeches, probably read a couple books. You know, they have. So, I'm not saying they have no knowledge, but but they're going ahead and and protesting because they think they can make a difference. They they would like to help. I think deep down, a lot of them want to help. They're they're just clueless in what's called help. They they got pulled in. They got convinced. They. They clearly have not gone over all the issues and what happens when they protest. And you see right away, as soon as they find out they're not getting a job or they're not getting hired by the company that they planned on, all of a sudden they're not so fast, right? Because now they want to rethink their thoughts. So we're, we're, we're talking crazy worlds. But the world that Noah lived in had its own kind of craziness. So in this way, both worlds were pretty similar. Right? They had wealth, they had food, they had whatever they needed. Um, but they also had other issues. And the issues they had, I don't think they had social justice issues. The issues that they had in the time of Noah was they, when life is perfect and you can do whatever you want and, and you're looking to find the newest pleasure, which probably is today's problem also, Drugs are no different, right? Try one drug, so that works for a while. Go on the next drug, go on the next drug, right? We're always looking for the new high. They were also looking for the new high, but that new high, for the most part, always leads to immorality. And there was tons of immorality like there is today. Same thing in the time of the flood. And another similarity, which is this, all fascinating, right? You know, like... The reason we don't have a flood is because God promised Noah he'll never bring another flood. But if not for that, I don't know why there wouldn't be a flood. Because here's uh, something to think about. Um, crime. So they had a problem with stealing. Everybody robbed. You couldn't, you, you couldn't have a, a, a fruit stand. People were going to come and take all your food. Now, they did a little different, according to some, that they would take such a little amount that you couldn't prosecute them. And as the law was that under a, what's called a pruta, under a nickel. Under a nickel, you can't prosecute me. So uh, I'll just take uh, four cents, not five cents. Well, guess what? Isn't that what's happening all over America? You have places in California where you can't be prosecuted if you shoplift under $900. Well, guess what? If you can't prosecute me, why won't I walk into your store and steal $800? can't do anything to me. I, do, I, I mean, you should know better. You should know you're doing something wrong. It's stealing. Yeah, had a couple weeks ago, um, all those kids in um, Philadelphia, it's all over the place. It's all over the place. I, I, live, I live in a suburb of Detroit. But why do you think Detroit hasn't had regular grocery stores for, I don't know, 50 years since the riots? Because why would I open a grocery store if you could just take whatever you want? Then I am not. Why would I do that? I'm gonna make a store so you can steal. 
look what you're reading. I mean, you know, Israel takes over the news right now, but but the the Walgreens of the world, everything's behind glass cases. Um, you, you can't go shopping. You can't if you live in areas where they're concerned that that you're just gonna shop with me. You have all these pictures in New York. Who knows what's going on in Portland? I'm not making this stuff up. Right? So the same way in the time of the flood, there was tons of stealing. Same thing is happening here in America right now. Now, is it everywhere? No, it's not everywhere. But there are cities where it's going on. Companies move out. Because, and that was the problem in the time of the flood, society cannot survive if everybody could steal. I won't have a store. You can't get products. So all of a sudden, you're living in areas where, where it's hard to live. But you're so poor, you can't leave that area. But it's not normal living because you can't have your grocery store. So what do you want people to do? I just saw this thing. Okay, right, it has their own issues. They're declaring bankruptcy. But 17 stores in my area are closing. Now, not exactly in my area. Exact, right where I live, I think most of the right age are staying open probably because they're not being robbed blind. But anywhere where people can come in and take, what do you want? So so really, if you think about it, you know, our world, at least, you know, here in America, right? but our world, it may not be looking that different than what happened by the flood. Our saving grace is that God promised not to bring another flood. But, right, not much different. So God says there's stealing, rampant, you can't live, society can't live, I am destroying the world and starting over from scratch. However, however, the starting over from scratch will not be exactly the same as it was before the flood. There's going to be a lot of changes in the world, and that makes it on a spiritual bend, which we'll try to get to. So God says the world's got 120 years left. People lived way longer. They didn't have children until they were way older. You look in the verses, sounds like they're 70, 80, 90, 100 before they're having children. I guess, you know, what do they say nowadays? Uh, um, the new 40 is 60? Something like that. So by them, it was just the opposite. It was, you know, our 20 was their 100. Right? Now people want our 100 should be 20. They wanted the 20 should be 100. But okay, fine, it doesn't matter. In any case, Noah's going to get 120 years to build the ark. Why so long? Because he didn't have newspapers. I don't know why I'm saying newspapers. You didn't have social media. You didn't have email. You didn't have X, because it's not called Twitter, right? Um, you didn't have Facebook. You didn't have uh, LinkedIn. You didn't have, uh, you didn't have uh, news. You didn't have cable channels. Right? You didn't have NRM Streamcast. There was no way, there was no way to get information out to people. So it almost had to be word of mouth. So Noah's gonna be building this ark in his backyard. So anybody who comes and sees Noah working, they're gonna say, Hey Noah, like uh, what are you doing? I'm building a boat. You're building a boat in your backyard. Nobody builds a boat in their backyard. You build a boat near the water. Now you get a dry dock, and you build a boat, and you flood it. In the backyard, how are you going to get this boat to the water? It's not no problem. There's going to be this huge flood. The whole world's going to be flooded. 
my boat will, the water will come to my boat. And then Noah had to explain to them that the world is a wicked place and God is upset at the world and they're not repenting. If you repent, there won't be a flood. But if you, but if you, but if you don't repent, there will be a flood. So something like that, you need a lot of time for the world to find out. Now, why exactly the number 120? There's other things that had to happen. Um, it seems he grew the trees from scratch. He gave them a holiness, a pureness. So even the trees were planted for the actual building of the ark. But okay, but you get the picture that you're going to need a long time because that, God gives us a chance. God always gives us one chance and another chance and another chance. We're always being given chances. And uh, on that, just in the actual building, I saw a very beautiful thought. You know, the Torah gives us a lot of details. The Torah could have just said, Noah... Go build yourself a big boat. Make sure there's room for all the animals. They could have said that. 300 meters are almost long and, and 50 wide and 30 high. Right? It's not big enough. Right? Start to make your own calculations. Right? How much room? I mean, even if we're not giving them a lot of room, we'll give them stables. Two of every animal. Just, just start thinking of a zoo that you've been to recently. 300 amos is around 600 feet, maybe a little less. 600 feet. When I go to the Detroit Zoo, it's 600 feet before I get to the giraffes. I mean, I've seen the penguin house, and maybe I got my butterflies on the left. I'm just getting up to the camels. And I don't know about the zoos you go to, but you are not fitting all these animals on one floor. And what about the food? Do you know how much food you need to feed animals? Where are you putting all that? So the ark is not big enough. So it's going to have to be miraculous. The fact that they all fit to whoever Noah gets them and builds rooms and this and that, I have no idea. Whatever the plan is going to be, the animals are not fitting on the boat. It's not happening. So, so if anyways it's a miracle, right? so what's the point? So the point is that we have to put in the effort. We, in this case, Noah has to put in all the effort for this ark, for the boat. He's going to put in all the effort because God doesn't want it to be an open miracle. It's going to be a hidden miracle. If it's a hidden miracle, then you still can pick and choose. You you want to believe in God. You don't want to believe in God. If they're all open miracles, I have no free choice. It's so obvious, right? So obvious. So it can't be so obvious, right? Um, you know, talking about hidden miracles and open miracles. Um, I just read a story, a great story. As, I'm not sure if it has anything to do with what we're talking about, but it's just it's worth hearing the story. So there was a guy who was in the hospital on, on, on uh, death's doorstep. I mean, he, the doctors had very little hope for him. And miraculously, the guy survived. So he says, you know, I want to make, make a party. And he invited the doctor. And he gets up and he says, doctor, he's by the party. He says, you know why I'm alive? Because when you came into the room, you thought I was sleeping. I was really awake. And you said, this patient, I think he's going to live. Because I know he has the will to fight. And I know he's going to work his way through and he's going to survive. And that's why I'm alive. So the doctor says, do you mind if I speak? 
So now, of course, Dr. gets up and says, you're right, everything you said is true. I'm making one little mistake. I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about a patient down the hallway. That he was going to bite you. You had no chance to live. And still you lived. And that is actually amazing. And the music is playing, and I hope you enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank you, of course, to all the wonderful sponsor listeners. You know, I can't do it without you. Thank you, on production team. We have Alan in the back. I hope I've left you with some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRM Streamcast. Until next time, don't forget to think about it. There's a house we can build Every room inside is filled With things from far away